Joel chapter 2, Mark chapter 9, Matthew chapter 17. Joel chapter 2, Mark chapter 9, Matthew 17. I plan to be brief. That's my plan. It's an interesting time. No need to go into all that. You're very aware. We talk about it often. It's an interesting time. But it's a God-ordained time. Do you know that it was all in his hands from the beginning? Do you know that? Hello, I know you're turning, but do you know that? Nothing yet has caused, caught God off guard. Nor will it. And I'm going to remind you again tonight that God is preparing a people. He's preparing a church. And it will be a, a glorious church. It will. What we see now is not what it will be. But he's preparing it. And us right now. I need to know, do you believe that? Let me, let me ask you a different question. Are you going to allow that? Are you going to allow God to prepare you? You're the, you're the body of Christ. This building is not Mag Church. You're Mag Church. Mag Church meets at this building. The, uh, the local body of Christ meets at this building. Are you here? Are we going to allow him? Before I even start reading text, you need to understand something. Because I'm, and I'm, I'm understanding something. God doesn't just make people do anything. He never has and he never will. He didn't create us that way. It was never his intention. He wants you to want to do right, to want to live right, to want to be the body of Christ, to want to be a powerful church. Amen. Yes. And he wants to move powerfully. Church, do you believe that he wants to move powerfully? Yes. He wants to move powerfully. We're not waiting. I, I'm, I'm just preliminary opening remarks, just following the scent. We're not waiting on God. I need you to know that. We are not waiting on God. God's ready. And he's preparing a people. If he, was, if he wasn't ready, he wouldn't be preparing a people. People for himself. 
about some things. He's changing me. And you have to allow him to change you. I have to allow him to change me. I think people think the preacher's different sometimes. No. Preacher gets it first. I don't know. Do you know that? The preacher gets it first. There's a, well, I can give you some examples. If that, if that message doesn't come alive in me, it'll never come alive in you. If that message, if this book doesn't burn in me to change me, it'll never change you. Joel chapter 2. Verse 12, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. So rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Rend your hearts and not your garment. Oh, allow him to rend your heart, tear your heart. Back in that day when you've read it, when something was so egregious and so, and so uh, startling and so sinful or whatever it might be, a lot of times you've read it in the Word of God that they tore their garments. You read that? It was a, a sign of the egregiousness of it. They had tear their garments. There's a lot of rending of garments when you watch the news today among the people. Oh, we don't tear our clothes anymore. We just gnash our teeth and lash out because we're upset by what we see, and rightfully so. But it does no good. That's why I said rend your heart, not your garment. you'll rend your heart, if you'll let it tear your heart, it'll put you in a place to get into a place for change, to, to change things. I'll say it again. If you rend your heart over what you see around you. I see a lot around me. I see the same things you do. I see liars. Just flat out liars and deceivers. I see evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. 
I see politicians and leaders that will, say, that will, that will perform atrocities and, and, and deceptions and lies and thieves and, 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 and crimes, really, right in front of you and tell you you didn't see that. And it makes you angry. Makes you want to <laughs> throw dust in the air. It does no good. He was, the Joel was prophesying of a time to come in national Israel and, of, and, and before us and before the day of Pentecost because you, you know that it's very well that it shall come to pass afterward that in the last days that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That's Joel chapter 2. He's talking about the day of Pentecost. But then you'll turn the page and he's going to talk about the day of the Lord. That's after us. Just so you know the words for us. Rend your heart and not your garment. Before there can be an outpouring of a spirit, there has to be a cleansing of the, of the people, of the body of Christ. There has to be a rending of the heart for the things around us before God can move in our midst in the way that He wants to move. It's time our what am I saying? It's time that our heart was broken over what we see instead of always in a continual state of upset and anger over what we see. Believe me, God is angry about what He sees. But whatever it will take a people to a place where, where it breaks their heart, it puts them in a position to make intercession on behalf of the people. I don't think you understand the power of your prayer. The power of your prayer is more powerful than the power of your vote. Let me say that again. Because I believe in the power of your vote. Hello. I, I still remember my grandfather, who was a World War II veteran that survived the Battle of the Bulge and many other things, that fought for me and you to be able to vote. I, so I believe in the power of the vote. I believe in American freedom. Quiet bunch of people. But hear me. Hear me. Hear me. The power of your prayer, of your intercession on behalf of, of your family, of, the, of this church, of this area, of this people, of this land, and of this world is more powerful than your vote. Do we believe that? Do you believe that? Then pray. 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 I don't know what all happened in the last election. I'm just. I'm, and hear me, I'm not talking about the last election or the next one. I'm talking about 
The power of your prayer is more powerful than your vote. We, uh, we American Christians need to understand we have more something more powerful than the U.S. Constitution. We have something more powerful than the U.S. Constitution. We have the Word of God. We have something more powerful than our vote. We have access to the throne room of God that says we can walk in boldly. Are you hearing? And there's one thing about our prayer. They can throw you in prison, but they can't take your prayer away from you. They may be able to disenfranchise your vote, but they can't disenfranchise your prayer. I don't know if they stole this or stole that. I, I, I could probably go on record and let people set their hair on fire. I don't know if they stole it at voting machines or not. I kind of think there's may, that's mostly poppycock. I do. <laughs> well, they're going to rise up against me now. <laughs> first of all, to, have, to accomplish anything with, in the kingdom of God, you've got, we've got to first start dealing with truth. Hmm. Oh, I think they scammed and schemed. But I don't know that they done it the way that Alex Jones would want you to believe they done it. If you hadn't figured out he's a nut, you got, I don't even know if it's the way Lance Walnow would have you believe it. He's about the same category. Somebody shout on that. Just a dominionist nut. Brandon, tell me to stop that. <laughs> But this is one thing I do know. I, I think we all, I'm just, I'll just comment on it a little since I went there. I, I, I happen to believe, you know, back then, every colleague and every, and under, under, the, under oath, under penalty of perjury, the business partner says, yeah, that's his laptop. And yeah, this is the business we done. And yes, his dad was in on it. And yes, it was in on it. You know, and it, back then it wasn't even his laptop. And it was a Russian misinformation. And I, just give me three minutes. I'm trying to help you, trying to pull you out of the clouds and pull you into where it really happened at. I happen to believe that that little lie and that misinformation that was put out by the other side when it was his laptop and it was his dealings. And, and then, by the way, that's, they, they, we've prayed for the corruption to be uncovered. I don't know if you've understood. We've prayed for corruption to be uncovered and to, in a way that, uh, that people couldn't deny it. Now, you can still deny what's true if you want to, but that makes you a fool. I happen to believe that that one little thing alone was enough to sway enough voters to have changed the elections. I think that's how the election was turned. That's how I think it happened. I can be wrong, and you can be wrong too. Ain't nobody going to hell over that. Well, they might. Probably will. What am I saying all that for? They might be able to lie about your vote, but they can't disenfranchise your prayer. They can imprison it, persecute it, belittle it, scoff at it, make fun of it, laugh at you, but they can't stop it. 
And when the church stops talking about praying and starts praying, it'll be things like in the books of Acts. When they prayed, the place was shaken. Yeah. Yeah. He's cleaning up his house. Calling his people to a place that matters. I'm going to remind you, I, I think by now, man, I've preached some red meat from this pulpit on what happens in Washington. You know I have. And will again, probably. But here's some things I know. Will you again restore unto us the kingdom of Israel? Oh, that time is... You know what Jesus is really saying? Here's a little JRV for you. You know, guys, that's really none of your business. The times and the seasons and the things like of those nature, that's in my Father's hand, not mine, not yours. Well, yeah, again, it's not about the U.S. and all that. It's not. But it is about the time we live in, and it is about the world that we live in, and it is about the people in that world that we live in, and it's about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ realizing who we are, why we're here, what we're doing, and how to do it. I know one thing. God does everything in decency and in order, so his house has to be set in order before he can do anything powerful. He's not going to come move in a mess. He's not. That's why we preach the things we preach. That's why we say the things we say. That's why, we, that's why I deal with J.R. Promise you. Because that's where we're at. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate the fast. That blow the trumpet, by the way, means sound the alarm. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean be quiet. I mean, the world's been telling us to be quiet for a long time. Take your religion home. Practice your religion in, in, in the confines of your home. You're free to do that. Just don't bring it to the marketplace. That's not the gospel. The gospel is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature. Hear me. Blow the trumpet. That don't shut up. The prophet wrote Isaiah said, Cry aloud. Spare not. Joel said, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on his holy mountain. Here in the same later in the same chapter, blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Concentrate a fast. Let it break your heart. Sound the alarm. Call a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Everybody wants to shout. I like to shout. Shout don't mean nothing if it wasn't predicated by a solemn assembly and the house wasn't set in order and made clean and the people's hearts wasn't torn and broken for the people and the world around it. We quit tearing our garments and let it tear our heart. Gather the people. We're fixing to gather here in just a few minutes. 
Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing babies. Oh, we think they don't have any place in the church. Let the bridegroom come out of her chamber and the bride or dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. We've had so many people trying to grab a stage and find their niche on YouTube. Make a name for themselves that they forgot to find a place between the porch and the altar. Let me say something. God does raise people up. Are you hearing me? God does raise people up. First Peter, he says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due season. He raises people up. He raised up the Apostle Paul. He raised up Martin Luther. A nobody. You know Martin Luther was a nobody. Just a troublemaking monk. Raised up John Wesley. Just a troubler. <laughs> raised up Elijah in the Old Testament. You know where out of? Nowhere. You know what the first thing we heard about Elijah was? Elijah was a tishbite. I don't even know what a tishbite is. Come, what am I telling you? It came out of nowhere. God likes to take nothings and make something out of them. He likes to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Except for the foolishness of God is greater, is wiser than the wisdom of men. Think of that. It's right. A few nights ago, I don't know if you, I, 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 I'm up a lot. I'm kind of a night owl, and I get up when I need to and get to work on time and all that stuff. But, but I, when I go to sleep, I like to sleep. Hello? Anybody like to just lay around and toss and turn and not sleep? I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I usually don't do that. It makes Heather so mad. said, I can be asleep between good and night. How fast is it that light moves? 700 and something? Fast. Fast. I can be asleep before light can leave the room. That's true. Click. <laughs> Lord woke me up though in the middle of the night the other night. He didn't have to say much. He just said, this kind. This kind comes not but by prayer and by fasting. He didn't say, this, time, this kind comes by throwing a fit, Jeff. No. This kind, you know what? This kind doesn't even come by preaching. Although preaching is God's chosen method of reaching men 
foolishness, by the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. How shall they believe in whom they've not heard? Romans 10. Hello? And this book's not, I mean, it's for preaching and it's for the preacher, but it's for the body of Christ. Yeah. Mag Church, y'all can't take me spitting all the time. You can't take me spitting all the time. You need to hear me. This kind comes not but by prayer and by fasting. Mark chapter 9. That thing I said about brief, scratch that. I'll read fast. And when Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And he, Jesus, came to the disciples and saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Oh, that's having one of those religious arguments. That's what was happening. Drawing a crowd, having a religious fight. Yeah? I want to tell you something. You're going to see real quick that the religious fight didn't accomplish a thing. Hello? I'm going to show you. Great multitude was around him. Immediately, verse 15, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And the one in the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought to you my son who is a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and goes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. They should have been able to, by the way. They should have been able to. Already earlier in the Gospels, that Jesus had sent them out two by two to preach and to save and to deliver, to cast out devils, and they did. They did. And verse 19 said, and he answered them. He said, listen, this is important. We're going to read it in Matthew 2. Listen, this is important. And he answered them and he said, O faithless generation. Oh, it's not the first time I've covered these scriptures at Mag, but it's unnecessary. O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? That's a pretty good question whenever he's going to leave and people are needing delivering and the disciples can't do it. I used to think that was an odd question, but now I kind of realize why he said, how long will I be with you? He said, I'm not going to always be around to clean up your messes in person. Hello? Oh, I could say, quit bringing them to the preacher when they came to you. Pray them people through. What you going to do if you can't get hold of me? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. That's just how Jesus said it right there. Y'all read it. Oh, faithless generation. 
How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. I don't think so. I don't think so. Bring him to me. When you're preaching and you're speaking for Jesus, you can do it any way you want. But I think it's right. And then he, they brought them to him. And when he saw, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and fell on the ground and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So his father, so he, Jesus, asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Man, that's, a, that's not good. But if, you can do, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Oh, I think, I, I, by the way, I pray it all the time. If you're in the prayer room, you probably hear it. You might pass me in the hall sometimes and you'll hear me say, Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help me. I've learned that's a pretty good prayer. I've learned that it's a pretty effective prayer. I've learned that it's a pretty powerful prayer. Jesus, Father, help me. Help me. Sometimes I can make 20 minutes out of just help me. Help me. Help me, God. Help me. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. You know what? It's hard to be in a prideful position when you're asking for help. Help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. If you can do anything, help me. And Jesus said to them, did you notice something? The man said, if you can do anything, help me. And Jesus turned around and says, if you can just believe. Y'all, did y'all catch that? If you can do anything, Jesus says, well, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. You know what, Jeff? The day I quit believing that line is the day I quit preaching. The day I quit believing that he can do anything. My God can do anything. Anything, anything, my God can do anything. He made the earth in all its fullness. And all the time shall bring, my God can do anything. <laughs> when I quit believing that. <laughs> Immediately the father of the child, the, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Contradictory, I think not. I believe you see spirit, soul, and body in that one picture. Susan, the father said, I, I, Father, that's a person, that's body. He says, Lord, I believe. That 
that was the Spirit, His Spirit responding to the Spirit of Christ. If you can believe, anything can be done. My spirit says, I believe. But my soul says, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people come running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out, and he became as dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had came into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And he said to him, This kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now I do believe he was talking to the spiritual condition that was around him, this kind. Oh, I've heard it preached about this kind of devil. And it was such a devil that, the, I mean, psst, ain't no devil, no match for Jesus. Ain't no, ain't no devil any match for his name. Ain't no devil match. Ain't no, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ain't no devil no match for that. It ain't some kind of, uh, was it a spiritual condition that needed some, something heavy duty? Absolutely it was. But it wasn't. That demon was subject to the name of Jesus. From the beginning, if those disciples would have said, in the name of Jesus, come out. You know what it would have done? It would have came out. He addressed it at the very beginning. You faithless generation. Matthew 17. 14. Same place. And there came a multitude. A man came to him, kneeling down, and said to him, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic, and he suffers severely. For he falls into the fire and often into the water. And so I brought him to your disciples. Your disciples couldn't cure him. And, the, and, Jesus, said to this, and Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out, and the child was cured from that very hour. And the disciples come to him privately and says, Why can we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto him, See, I read them both together. Read both accounts. Read what? It, read, unless you think it was, the, it was some kind of special demon. Read what he said to the disciples. He answered them very directly. What did he tell the Father in Mark's gospel? He said, If you can do anything to help us, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe, I can do anything. Let me say that again. The Father said, if you can do anything, help us. Jesus said, if you can believe, I can do anything. Amen. What was he talking about? Their belief. Their faith. Matthew's gospel. He tells the story a lot quicker. and it goes, it, it, Matthew's gospel is more about the disciples than about the father and the boy. He said, and Jesus said, verse 20 said, Jesus said to them, because, says, they said, Master, why can we not 
Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, I'm going to ask you again. See, you know I believe in context. Anything out of context is a pretext, and you're going to get it wrong. What was Jesus addressing? Their faith. Their unbelief. Jesus, if you can do anything, help us. If you can believe, I can do anything. Why can't the disciples do it? Perverse generation. It's Jesus. Why couldn't we do it privately? Because of your unbelief. Surely, I say to you. What's he still talking about? If you have faith, there's a grain of a mustard seed. And you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. He's talking to the disciples. Oh, did y'all? Told dad, if you can believe, I can do anything. He told the disciples, because of your unbelief, if you had any faith, just a little faith, just that much faith, just a tiny bit of faith, the Jewel side of the mountain, it'll move. And nothing shall be impossible. Well, he said to the other one, he said, with God, nothing is impossible. But he's not, he said to them, with, if you believe, Nothing will from, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. For you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and by fasting. I'm going to ask you one more time. What is the this kind? It's not a trick question. What is the this kind? Belief. Faith. This kind of faith. This kind of ability to believe God goes out one way. Just one. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. I want, I, I'm not ashamed to say, I want to be able to believe God for anything. Why? Because nothing should be impossible to them that believe. Mag Church. Man, I hate to say this. Because I, like I like to do a few things. I like to sleep when I can. And I like to eat. <laughs> I do. I didn't get this size on tofu. 
<laughs> well, come on, somebody. <laughs> or bean sprouts. Man, how hungry was somebody that they decided to eat those bean sprouts? Bless their heart. Could have went fishing or something. That's bad. Bean sprouts. I believe in what I'm preaching. This morning, tonight, last week, I believe it. I believe it. And I know this, if I know anything, I know the Spirit of God. Wake you up in the night of this kind. See, I know what's going on in my heart and in my mind, and I know, I know all the information I've got to gather from everywhere, and I know what I've got to deal with and who I've got to deal with and when I've got to deal with it and who's going to like it and who ain't going to like it. And it might, it might put it back together, but it might blow it up. You know, pastoring's a lot like trying to get a lid on a Tupperware container. <laughs> Y'all old enough to know that? <laughs> you might even remember the real stuff, Tupperware, the real stuff, you know? You know, you put it down and pop on one side, wrestle that stuff, throw your food all over the kitchen because you done turned the bowl over three times. Get it nailed down, you think you got it, and you're looking, it's popped up on the other side. That's pastoring. Brother Garrison told me that too. He said, sometimes you got to burp it a little. <laughs> yeah, that's pastoring. When the Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night, when you went to bed with everything on your heart and you're praying and everything, and he wakes you up in the middle of the night and he said, this kind comes not but by prayer and by fasting. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'll be here this week every morning at 7. I'll have a merry heart by the time it happens. I know somebody's been at work three hours by then. I can't, y'all make better money than I do. <laughs> Just teasing. <laughs> Just teasing. I don't know who make, I don't know what crackpot made that DuPont schedule. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. I don't know what they were smoking, but it was good. Starting people at four o'clock in the morning, get them sleeping three days here. Hey, Just kidding. Gonna be awake. And go to, then wonder why people are cranky. <laughs> Y'all even hear me? I'm real curious to see how these, 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 these shift workers are going to go to uh, Eastern Africa with me. I'm curious to what jet lag is going to do for them. You ain't used to sleeping anyway. I wonder what it's going to do to your body. I bet it kicks your tail. <laughs> I bet it does. Seven o'clock, I'll be here. If you want to be here, you can. There's some people God's going to lay it on their heart and is doing it right now. You'll be here too. Hey, if there's, man, you're talking about faith. If there's 50, that would be wonderful. But if there's two, we'll, we're two or three are gathered. He'll be here. I'll be here. This week. I'll be fasting some, and I'm calling you to. 
God ain't never called me to fast because you ain't never listened. Go ahead and sit down on that. Because he says, when you fast. He said, Jesus said, when. When. Not if, when. No, you can fast. How long should I fast? I don't know. Pray. The Lord led me to skip breakfast. We didn't ever eat breakfast anyway. That wasn't the Lord. That wasn't the Lord. You, you never ate breakfast. You hadn't made breakfast in 10 years. I fasted breakfast for the last, I fasted breakfast the last 23 years. Big deal. Now, if you eat breakfast and, that, and you're going to fast, that's fine. All people make everything out of, we're going to stand up. Actually, Jeff's going to come help me and Matt's going to come help me. We're going we're gonna to take communion here in just a second. And I'm just calling on you. It won't be everybody. But it'll be somebody. And it should be more than not. I'll leave that between you and the Lord. That's one thing. I, I, can't, I can't make you do anything. I ain't responsible for if you obey or don't obey. That's not up to me. That's up to you. But I can, do, I can tell you this. That this kind comes not but by prayer and by fasting. Every time I go to fast, somebody's going to eat ribs. That makes me so mad. <laughs> I guess because if they were going to eat tofu, I wouldn't care. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Consecrate fast. Call a solemn assembly. Preach this thing hot and heavy. Call us to the things of God. Do it yourself. And understand, I want, to, I want the kind of faith that can move mountains. That when I pray, things happen. Oh, when I pray already, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. In fact, I, 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 because I pray and things have began to happen, it makes me want to pray more. To see more things happen. When I began to realize that, oh, the, the thing, hey, I think it's important that Americans vote. I think it's important that you be involved. Y'all know I do, but I think your prayer is more important than your vote. Right. And if you don't believe that, then your whole life's out of whack. Amen. And you need to get back in balance with the Lord. Amen. 